Uh, for those of you who don't know, my name is Mark Gingrich. I'm Natanya's husband. And thank you for <laughs> dismissing the kids before that quiet prayer, because that would have been pretty rough. But Ruby and Harvey are my kids. Um, so when I was thinking about what to share, just making it go fuzzy. Don't touch. <laughs> um, my first memory of communion, the first memory that I still have of communion, kept coming up. Um, partially to me it's kind of a funny story, but uh, I thought maybe there was something, uh, it revealed something true about what communion is. Uh, I was probably four or five years old, um, and we were in a Pentecostal church, and communion always, for some reason, stood out to me as something, um, well, special. Everybody in the congregation gets the bread and the juice. Um, but part of what I was excited about, admittedly, was getting a little snack and something to drink. And so when the the juice came by and the bread came by, I was very excited to pick whichever one I thought had the most amount of juice in it. But my mom had picked it, put it in front of me, and I tapped her on the arm and I said, can I switch with you? Because yours has more juice in it than mine. And I don't remember exactly what she said, only that I felt pretty bad and I think she was upset that I thought it even mattered that uh, I would think about how much drink there was to have, but that was what I uh, I remembered from that time. So later on in life, I had and I'll just skip ahead here. Later on in life, I had the honor oh, okay. the honor to study theology. Um, I spent. I don't want to say how many years exactly. All of my adult life, until I went to law school, was spent in theological studies. And I wanted to share um, some insights from a theologian that had a lot of impact on me. His name is Soren Kierkegaard. If anyone's ever heard of him, he's sort of known as a philosopher, but he wrote a lot about Christianity and um, a, a lot of what I would call sermons, but he called discourses because he didn't feel like he was faithful enough to be a pastor. Uh, but if you want to know more, you can ask me about him later or be one of the three people who's read my PhD, if you feel like it. It's only 300 pages. Um, but one of the biggest things for him to understand about communion was that it wasn't about what we brought to the communion table so much as it was about the fact that Christ meets us at the communion table and speaks to us at the communion table. So it wasn't so much about what kind of people we were, what, what kinds of things we've done or not done, although those are important and those come up in, in communion, but it was about the fact that Christ ministers to us in, in this event. So I wanted to read a quote from him. And he says, at the communion table, there was no one speaking about him. Instead, at the communion table, there he himself is present in person. 
There it is he who is speaking. So it must be his voice you hear when he says, this is my body. So for Kierkegaard, that is why we call the Lord, that's why it's called communion. It's communion with him. It's not just a memory of him. It's not only our pledge to God that we make in that event. Jesus is present to us, inviting us to share in his life by the Holy Spirit in communion. So we shouldn't think of it as something we do, although we do it, but as a way in which Jesus gathers us into his life and a way in which Jesus is present and ministers to us. So for Kierkegaard, one of the biggest things to come out of that idea or that confession is that in communion we receive Christ himself by his spirit as a cover for our sins. Not because the bread and the wine have something particularly special about them, but because Jesus takes these signs as a pledge by which he gives himself, forgives us, and transforms us. So for Kierkegaard, he would say, in communion we receive in Christ a hiding place for the sinner, a hiding place that cannot be taken away. So we confess our sins and find forgiveness, and Christ gives himself to us once again by his Spirit. So while we return to our lives after communion, we go about our week, we do so as followers of Christ, as those who have been gathered in this event into his body, as those who participate as a community in what God is doing in the world. So when I look back at my time, my, my memory, my first memory of communion, I, I think what I see now is that... Uh, it isn't so much what I brought to the table. I didn't really know what was going on entirely, and maybe we, I don't even know if I know now entirely what's going on, but it was that we did it. We do it. We respond to Jesus' invitation to come to the table, and in that event, we confess and receive forgiveness. So... Uh, I would say, or Kierkegaard would say, and I will say, uh, that whether or not you have great faith or little faith, whether you think you were good this week or whether you think you were bad this week, what matters is that we respond to the invitation. We are to come freely, bring what we have done and left undone, and hear from the inviter, the forgiver of sins who makes all things new even if part of you just wants more juice.